This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for September 14th, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today's lessons, we have two different stories that really have at the center of them the whole topic of forgiveness. In the, old, in the um, um, epistle lesson today, we have Paul talking about a controversy that's going on at the church in Rome. I know you'll find it hard to believe that people fight in church, but it happened even back then. Um, and what they're arguing about in that case was whether or not it is okay to eat meat or not. And so Paul says, those who believe eat meat and those who are weak eat vegetables. Now, he really isn't attacking vegetarians in this. I just want to be clear about that. Um, What he's talking about is that the meat that they ate was meat that was sacrificed to idols. And so some people would refuse to eat it because that meant that you basically were acknowledging that that idol was a god to them. And so they would refuse to eat it. The people who would eat the meat would say, but the idols aren't real. You know, they're imaginary. They don't exist. So to us, it's just meat. Why do we care? Um, And so Paul is saying that, you know, that's not something to argue about. They're also arguing about whether or not a certain day should be sacred. Well, this is obviously a division between the Gentiles and the Jews. The the Jews would always keep the Sabbath day holy. And they kept kosher and and did all the things on Friday night that Jews do and didn't work um, from sundown on Friday night until sundown on Saturday night. Whereas the Gentiles weren't doing that. And so both groups would come together on Sunday morning to celebrate the Eucharist and to gather together. And the Jews felt that the the Gentiles were not being genuine Christians because they weren't observing the Sabbath. And after all, the commandment says, thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy. And they didn't figure they were doing it right. And so once again, Paul tries to tell them that what you're arguing about here are not things that are, are, are central to your salvation, Your salvation is dependent upon Christ, not upon what days you count as holy or not, and not on whether or not you eat meat. And besides which, who are you to sit in judgment of your brother or sister? Do they not belong to God? What right do you have to judge them? Doesn't God say, judgment is mine, saith the Lord? And so he's admonishing the the people in Rome, the church in Rome, to forbear one another, to love one another, and to quit quarreling about petty things. Um, If it's not a salvation issue, it's not worth arguing about. So we go from that to today's gospel lesson, which comes immediately after last week. If you remember last week, we had the Matthew 18 principle about what should you do if your brother sins against you. And Jesus said, go to them and try talking to them. If it works out, you regain your brother. If that doesn't work, go and get one of the elders or somebody with both of your respect and try the three of you. And if that doesn't work out, take it to the church. And if that doesn't work out, kick them out and get rid of them all together. And so that's the context in which Peter now comes up to Jesus. And you got to love Peter because no matter how many times he gets it wrong, it doesn't slow him down. He's still going to try. And this time he thinks he's got it. So he comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times should we forgive our brothers or sisters? Uh, As many as seven times? Now, where did he get that number seven? You know, I mean, why seven? Well, the rabbinical teaching at that time, the standard was that you had to forgive somebody three times. If they did it to you again, they were out. I mean, you were done. And so it's like three strikes and you're out. And so Peter 
picks a number that he knows is the perfect number. Seven in those days was considered perfection. Everything was measured by sevens or threes and fours or multiples thereof or additions thereof. And so he said, should I get, forgive my brother a perfect number of times? Thinking, I finally got it. You know, I'm, I, I, here I am, the first pope, and I'm, I finally got the right answer. And I'm going to tell Jesus, and he's going to go, yeah, right on, Peter. And, and Jesus said, no, I tell you 77 times. And what he's telling him here is that actually it's a pluperfect number. It's a more than perfect number. It's a heavenly perfect number. It's more than you could even imagine. He didn't literally mean 77 times. Otherwise, we'd keep it on our refrigerator at home and mark down each time. They're up to 72. Four more times and they're gone. I mean, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is really an infinite number of times. And then he tells this parable to help them to understand what that means. He says, there was a master who had a slave. Apparently, the slave does investments for him. Because the slave, he's bringing all the people in to give account and can pay him back. And apparently, if you lost money in those days for your master who you um, were working for, um, they owed you the money. Wouldn't it be great if stockbrokers had to do that today? <laughs> and so he goes in, and this one particular slave owes him 10,000 talents. A talent is a weight of gold. And he says you know, pay me what you owe me. And the, the slave says, well, have mercy on me. You know, I'll pay you everything. I promise, please, you know, just give me time. And it says that the master had pity on him and forgave him his debt. Now, it's an interesting word to choose there, that word forgive, because in scripture, you don't find forgiveness the way that we use it. Um, it's, it, it's much more basic than that. The word is actually the same word that's used when uh, Jesus talks about people writing a writ of divorce to divorce their wives. And, and that's really what it means, divorce yourself from or separate yourself from. And so in this particular case, what it means is that the master has separated himself from what he is owed. He's given it up. You know, he, he, the grievance that's against him, he no longer holds against him. So it doesn't matter anymore. He, and literally in the old English, we would say it meant to, to forgive. Forth give is to give forth, to give away, to let go. Um, and that's really what forgiveness is about, is letting go of the right, the claim that we have on the other person. Well, the slave goes out, relatively happy about the whole situation. And so, because he was going to get sold off and they were just going to, liquidate all his assets and sell him and his wife and children, and then they would um, take whatever he was going to get, whatever he could out of it. Um, but that didn't happen. So, but as soon as he walks out of the, the master's courtroom, he runs into a fellow slave, and he grabs him by the throat and says, pay me what you owe me. Now, this guy owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a denarii is a measurement of silver. And the slave says to this other slave the same thing that he had said to his master. Have mercy on me, I'll pay you, I promise. And the slave has no pity on him at all. Instead, he has him thrown in debtor's prison until such time as he would get his money back. Now, the other slaves in the compound see what's going on, and they are infuriated at his lack of gratitude because they know he's just been forgiven this. And so they go and tell the master, and the master brings him back in and says, You wicked slave. Because you have done this, you shall be cast into prison until you pay every penny that you owe me. And he said, not only will you be cast into prison, but you will be tortured until you pay me. 
Now, what makes this story all the more significant is when you realize what the amounts really are, because we don't usually trade in talents and denarii much anymore. When you say 10,000 talents, we kind of get the idea that it's a lot, 